What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. This message must be read in every newspaper, heard on every radio, seen on every television. This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman, and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher and socialist Annie Lipson and community advocate Gemma Sotomayor. Gemma, Aburto Sotomayor. <laughs> and we're, on, we're online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our site in the episode notes. Uh, you can also find our personal, well, my personal social media handle as at Don Eduardo Barca on Instagram. And please subscribe, rate, view, turn on your notifications. Uh, and share your favorite episode where we from this episode. Thank you. All right. I'm reporting here from Colombia, Bogota, Colombia, and both of you from San Francisco and Oakland. I'm still here in Colombia. And uh, let's see, let's do this. We have a topic that you've suggested, Andy. And you know, this topic that, we've dis- that you've decided uh, we should do is one that we haven't actually discussed with Gemma. Um, and that is uh the issue of what's happening at the border with uh texas and their ruling in the supreme court and the whole administration and texas rule over state versus federal rights and Gemma, this is your opportunity to really share with our public uh what you think uh the issue on the border is or how it should be solved or what your position is on any of this i think that will be a lively discussion did you want to add anything to this andy well, yeah. I mean, yes, I do want to hear what Pam has to say about that, but I do think there's a lot to discuss about why is this why is this crisis? First of all, is there a border crisis, um, and why is it coming up, and why is it coming up now? Because a lot of people are thinking that this is a result of some either giant political collision between the Republican and Democratic Party, or it is an existential moment. Um, in relationship to an invasion that's taking place in our country. Um, and if we don't do something that this country will lose its identity and, you know, will be overrun. Um, those are the, some of the kinds of things you're hearing. Um, and those sentiments are expressed not just on the right, but about from the left. You know, obviously I've mentioned Jimmy Dore and folks like that are talking about the, you know, the, the, the porous borders that are, that are there and saying something has to be done about it. But Glenn Greenwald also came up. That, that was his kind of line as well. And again, me and you, Eduardo, has, have been pretty clear that we're, we, we have no interest in, in allowing the state the right to monitor that border. We're not interested in state borders, um, not just interstate borders, but the borders that any states say that they have to, um, to really control the flow of workers in any direction. So um, we have not heard Hema weigh in on that kind of stuff, is she open borders or not. But I think most of the discussion I hope to have is actually about this recent decision and really the way it's being politicized. Um, and I think politicized in a way that is completely, well, very much in the interests of organizing people back under the, the U.S. state um, and getting people to support their candidate um, and ultimately to reinforce the notion 
that have been degraded during the COVID years, that the state is there to protect you. And we need to help the state protect us. So I want to discuss it. Right. Um, should we give some context to what's happening Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to go. Maybe do you want to do it, Andy? I, I'm, or... Um. Well, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe I can do it. But Hema, do you want to say anything in relationship oh, to any of this? No, I, I have my points. I have a couple of things that I want to mention, and yeah, but I think okay. that they'll come in the discussion. So if you want to give kind of the audience just the background on what's going okay. on. Okay. Um, I guess uh, in a place called Eagle Pass which is on the border between one of the regions, the border from Texas and Mexico is long. I mean, but I don't know, a thousand miles long or something like that. It's many, not a thousand, but hundreds of miles long. I'm pretty sure. No, it's more than a thousand. I think it's reaching 1300 because you have to also for California. Okay. And, um, and then at a place I think called Eagle Pass, I can't remember what the town is. um, The, the text, the government, the governor of Texas, had decided to put additional razor wire um, along what I think the I think the board the, the border is is the Rio Grande River uh, is mostly made up of that and there might be a wall there there might be a fence there if there is I don't know about it but I think it's largely a, ge- a geographic barrier that's the Rio the Rio Grande River and in, and since that was not considered enough I guess the um, the governor of Texas a few years back, I think, I think it was at least a year ago, had decided to, and maybe a few years back, had decided to put uh, concertina razor wire along sec- sections, miles, 30, 40 miles of that, of that stuff. Um, and uh, maybe a, a, roughly a year ago, uh, federal agents had cut into it, um, saying that this thing was interfering with their, them doing their job and them being able to process immigrants and things like that. Of course, those agents were then accused of, of, you know, this is the government supporting open borders, allowing immigrants to flow in. That's not really what the federal government was saying they were doing. But but um, there was a, a suit that Texas brought against the U.S. government for saying, no, you can't come in here and cut our our, our, our concertina wire. And the, there was an appeals court that basically supported Texas. And that, I think that was a, about a year ago or somewhere in that within that year. But then recently, the Supreme Court has come out and said, no, the federal government has the right to cut that stuff if it wants um, and if it must do it. And basically, and I don't, and I think it was a five to four decision from what I heard, there wasn't much stated in the decision. Um, I think mostly it's been people commenting about it, uh, but I haven't read the decision, so I don't know. But what I heard was there wasn't much to be said in the, in either side, the five majority or the four min- minority, they just kind of made their decision. Um, but from my understanding, if there's any, uh, to the extent that I care about the legal basis of this, the federal government reserves the right to, for it to define what it does with this border. And it's not up to states to decide those things. That's roughly what I think the issue is being talked about. Although, frankly, I don't even think, that, think that's really the issue. Um, but um, I guess that's as much as I'll say. I know oh, that. I'm sorry. And then people just lost their minds. Like, and then once Texas, once these federal agents, once the Supreme Court did that, People just went nuts and said, oh, my God, the federal government is trying to create open borders, you know, um, and and it really it, it presses on that that 
that point that's in the in the freedom movement where the freedom movement is not into so much freedom it's basically saying no we have to keep immigrants out and you know we we don't like that biden is for open borders sorry i i just want to add to that that it was also surprised it was 5-4. A lot of legal experts were saying that this should have been a landslide because it's clearly stated in the Constitution what the powers of the federal government are. And that is when it comes to borders because it deals with the relations, international relations. And by Texas putting up this barbed wire, you are jeopardizing your political, your international relation between the United States government and that of Mexico. And not just Mexico, because it's a lot of different migrants that go through that border. And each country has its own has its has the right to advocate for how its citizens are being treated internationally in other countries. So it goes into international relations. Ultimately, that's where the federal government's powers are coming from. And that's why a lot of legal experts were just in shock that it was so tight. And it is it makes sense when you look at the sway of the Supreme Court right now going mostly Republican, right? Um, and I also do agree that there's a lot to do, a lot to say as far as it being an election year. And a presidential election year, more importantly. So, yeah. But we can we can get into that. You know, I, I, Amy I, Amy Coney Barrett, if I remember that Supreme Court justice name well, I feel sometimes far removed from U.S. American politics here in Colombia now. Um, it's like these topics made me come back to uh, the politics out there. Um, you know, she is a she is a conservative, and she was thought to be. Uh, she's one of the two conservatives that sided with the liberal justices, and um, as you say, Gemma, it, you know, it, it is widely suspected that she did this because of her stance. That's not. It's about more about foreign policy, and the government's responsibility to deal with uh, foreign policy issues rather than um, the state to do that. Right. But it, but the lower court did side with uh, Texas, and and then the U.S. Supreme Court gave those emergency powers. But we'll see what happens as these things unfold. Did you want to say something, Andy? That's all um, I wanted. I mean, I I just want to get into like why I think this is nonsense. <laughs> like, and I, I I don't look. I don't give a shit about the U.S. Supreme Court. I think it's a fucking authoritarian. You get to stay there forever. I don't give a fuck what they say. I don't care what the five said or the four said. They're all fucking monsters. Um, and they represent a monstrous system. Um, and I don't give a fuck about this border um, because it's there just to allow capitalists to, to basically control workers while they just send money one way or the other. And again, this this country, which talks about its border, also says they have the right to the Monroe Doctrine, which says we control the fucking South America. Well, Here's a case where you broke it, you bought it. So it, it fucks those. It, it says it controls Central and South America, screws those countries over through the Monroe Doctrine, saying no one else can come in here and do any cut any deals in this region. And then you know when people are harmed by such by U.S. actions, then well, it's now going to use it's going to use all the harm that it's doing to people in Central and South America to now scapegoat them in a time when people should recognize that their real enemies are somewhere else. Um, and once again, people are being fooled and people are falling for the nonsense. Um, and it, yes, it's racist. Yeah, partly. But really what it is, is just plain ignorant. You are, you are being, do, do you not see, not, I'm not saying him, I'm saying all you folks who are, who do not, are not for open borders. Do you not see 
that the 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 people who have stripped stri- stripped mind you of wealth in these last two or three years are suddenly off the docket are not being talked about the fact that the what is it the first the richest five billion five uh, billionaires or the five richest people doubled their wealth over the last two or three years and now they got you talking about these people crossing across the border across Constantine or what you think there's something up there folks you think that maybe they've got you they've missed they've redirected you somewhere or maybe you were angry about the war in Israel or upset about the war in Ukraine and now they've got you looking at something else you think maybe there's something there that's what's pissing me off um, and I can show some other things about like oh it's an invasion oh it's uh, they're stealing our resources oh they're stealing our fucking jobs it's it's crazy. What's taking your j- goddamn jobs is AI. You know, wake up. So I'm just frustrated with this. That's that's so I'm. You know, I have some things to show. I'll say. So, I I am, I am for a hybrid of open borders. So I do believe that people should be able to move freely across countries, and, and I'll explain my position on that. However, I do think that there does need to be a checkpoint, a checkpoint for human trafficking. Because human trafficking is a real issue, and I think that if you do just open them completely, then you're 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 kind of you're, you're allowing for that. Now I know that's kind of a cop out, and that's what a lot of the arguments are for people that say you need borders to keep criminals out. But <clears throat> I, I agree with you, Lipson, um, in the sense that yes, this is a circus, and it is being used to diverge attention. Just to give you guys numbers, because essentially to me. The United States has a big lobbying machine, and we forget that. We forget that a lot of the ways to pass policy and even budgets is through lobbyists. And if you look at what sectors the government funds the highest, it's going to be anything linked to military, anything that's linked to security. The budget for the border for CPB in 2023 was $16.464 billion plus an additional 1.5 billion that was given for emergency. In 2024, it's at 25 billion dollars. And they in in addition to that, Texas is passing an additional emergency bill of 1.5 billion. That money is not going to process immigrants, that money is not going to help the border crisis, that money is going to private companies that are militarizing the border with additional security cameras. So if you're really upset about these migrants coming and stealing your resources, what you should be upset about is where the government is funding. The government is funding private companies. They're not funding humanitarian issues. It's not the people that are crossing. And that's where I have a problem. So from a capitalist view, I have a problem with how money is being spent. Because I do think that money needs to be spent, but not in that way, not the way that it's being allocated. So I do believe that that the migrants are being used as scapegoats to fund these companies, similar to how... The three strikes law was used to, because prisons are private, they're not run by the government. So the more people you incarcerate, the more money these companies make, right? Same thing. So I, I, I do agree with you, Libsyn. Um, But me coming from, well, how do you tackle the issue? Is you have to look at what the real, real issue is. And you can argue, well, the issue is all the destabilization that we've done in Central and Southern America and the need for why the migrants are coming up here, which I would agree with you historically, yes. But how would you remedy that? If you say, well, we're going to pull out, we're going to stop interfering in these countries. Yeah, do it. But the damage is already done. So how do people get, get pull themselves up? How do people improve their livelihoods? They still have to go to a 
to a country that offers those options or what they think those options are. So I don't think there's any way of stopping migration, even before there were borders. People were trade. I mean, borders existed just for the purpose of saying this is this is one country, this is another country. People move freely around for trade, for commerce. You're still going to need to do that. You're going to need to allow for people to move freely through commerce. And people don't want to come here and stay here. People want to come work and send money back. If you look at all the studies, that's what people do. People don't want to live here. They're forced to stay here because they know that if they leave, the likelihoods of them being able to come back into the country are no. Um, I, I have some other stuff, but I know you're taking down notes. You probably want to address some of those, Lipson. Well, let me see if Eduardo, you want to say anything. I guess I have a question for him, so I'm not misunderstanding your position. Did you, you're saying that there should be points of entry then? That vet, is that it? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Honestly, you just go in You're you don't have a criminal record or you don't look like you're you're not bringing suspicious package with you. Go right ahead. Just move freely. Right. So she's Stay as for, long as you want to. She's for some kind of border. She's for a border. So, you know, it's fine. Don't agree. But that's that's where she's coming from. I'm coming from right. the human trafficking ass. <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> but I do want to make a point that for all of this argument, of security, we need to stop these delinquents from coming into the country. Just, you know, again, if people stop just hearing what politicians and stop hearing what news are telling them and actually look at the numbers of people that are coming in, for the amount of migrants that have come in, the percentage, I think that they reported something where out of the 3.2 million people that crossed the border last year in the fiscal years up to September of 2023, only 119 were considered terrorists on FBI's watch list. The amount of money that the government spent to deter 119 terrorists, potential terrorists on the FBI watch list. I mean, you're not effective. You're throwing money. You're not dealing with the problem that you say that you're afraid of. You're really not. You really don't care because that's not what you're focusing your attention on. That's just something you're throwing out there to get people's attention. All right. Um well, I guess so. But if, if that's the case, then you don't. Do you do you agree or disagree with a point? Because I don't see when when you travel from when you travel from California to New York, there is no, or when you travel, like when you go on a car, you're not, or you're just going to Nevada. There is no port of entry that is vetting or um, uh, checking people to see if there is there's harm or if you're a terrorist or you're. You know, there's nothing like that when you're going from California to De from from California to Nevada, for example, when you go to Reno, for example, yeah, or to Las Vegas. We, I'm, we've all taken those small weekend trips. There's no vetting or there's no testing, but you, but instead you want people coming from not because of they're Mexican, but anybody coming from Mexico, whether they're Venezuelan, Colombian, to be vetted. Is that is that it? even in Canada? Any point of entry, kind of like Central America, that you can move freely among the countries, but you still have a port where you have to register that you moved. You still get a stamp, but you go in and out. You don't have to present documents. You're able to go and stay and move freely. Even though we don't do that within these states. Correct. All right. Okay. Well, I just wanted to be clear. Now, I don't know if you have a response, Andy, I can go with my position. Did you have something to say? Um, I just want to say I do. I think what Hema, the point you made about the companies getting really not just rich off of this, but, uh, but establishing uh, a section of surveillance and of, 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 of 
essentially implementing certain techniques, both electronic and physical, um, to to monitor control people, and and that getting they'll rid sell of to us that they'll sell to us later again. Yeah, well, not just sell. Well, not just sell to us. They will use against us. If anyone wants to, like, look the Patriot Act, the War on Terror, everything that was done there that they said that they were going to do on with Muslims, they are now doing internally. And this is a long-held socialist way of understanding the state. Anything the state says that it's doing up to workers abroad, ultimately it has to do internally. And so people have to understand, and even though like some my comrades or colleagues in the National Coalition for Health Integrity think that passport control for, for vaccines has nothing to do with passport on the border, I think they are completely linked, completely the same thing, completely used, and show that that state is up to no good under any of those circumstances. All of these things. So I feel like you highlighted a very important thing, which is that what is being the authoritarianism that is being built on the border is people have to understand that these are techniques and methods and tools that will be used internally to control people. Um, it, and they're going to say it's about sex trafficking. They're going to say it's about, um, oh, this person had dangerous internet porn on their computer. We're going to control them. They're going to say all sorts of things. The fact is the most dangerous people on the planet are the ones who are telling us they're going to help. They're going to save us from other people. And it's a lie. That's not why they're doing it. They're, they don't say they don't save us from drug cartels. They they fund some cartels while they go after other cartels. They don't save us from terrorists because they're the biggest terrorists. They fund terrorists to go blow up Iranian funerals when they need to. And so it's uh, it's that that is, again, a lie that I don't I don't think we can, we can afford to fall for because every tool that they put on that border is going to be used to control us. And they're also doing that. They're creating a market. The only reason why you have gang members out along MS3, along these routes, putting the putting the migrants in danger and putting migrants in situations where they die because they're being trafficked is because you're not allowing them to move freely. So you are creating a market for people. And, and look, people are desperate. People need money. And if I'm in a border city and I can make some money by telling people, yeah, I'll let you cross my backyard and maybe I'll put a gang member out there just to make sure that people start paying for it. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but I know that there's different points. Um, then we're we're feeding into that. We are creating the market for it. We're not stopping it. And you're not going to stop it. You don't have, United States doesn't matter how much money they throw at this. They don't have the resources to be able to stop that. They're going to get more ingenious. They're going to get more creative. They're two steps ahead of us. That's not what the government wants to tell you, but they sure right. are. And and I'd like to tell you with some of these lies directly, uh, unless Eduardo, you want to say something. Okay. Um, here's a few things I want to show um, that I just feel like, you know, cut against all, cut against some of these lies. I got to share my screen. So this is immigration. Uh, of of unauthorized immigrants, not just immigrants, unauthorized immigrants. It's the so-called illegal immigrants, um, and you can you know that what we've been told recently is there's an invasion, right? Like like the the border is getting mobbed. Well, you you know when the border was being mobbed, and when there was invasion, it was happening during Clinton's years and during Bush's years, right? That's this that's this increase when un, unauthorized immigrants were coming across. If one was going to be really upset about that. Actually, the peak time was roughly around 2008, 2000, which was around the time of the economic, the last economic crisis, which is not an accident. Um, that was 12.2 million. And since then, it's kind of mostly been going a little bit down and really leveled off. 
the last time it was collected was 2021, 10.5. And I couldn't find statistics on 2010, 22, 20, 20, uh, on the 22nd or the the 2022 or 2023, but it's not going off the charts. It's like basically level. Um, and so this is the so-called invasion that they're like, when they talk about invasion, this is what's been happening in this country. If you were thinking that somebody coming across your border was an invasion, that invasion has already taken place. It took place in 2008. Um, secondly, the notion that our border is unprotected. Um, this is something I found from, uh, Pew Research or something, um, annual U.S.-Mexico border apprehensions, like went up massively in 2021, 2022, 2023. All right. Um, whether this was about protecting the border or basically, it just basically means that the thing was militarized and more people were collected and somehow processed. Um, and this, this is what you're taught. This is your open border Biden policy right here. Um, which is not an open border. The dude, the dude is running a just like Trump and just like Obama and just like Bush and just like Clinton. They're all running a border operation because they run the U.S. state, which is interested in controlling how workers how workers flow across that thing. Um, and last, the or not, there's not something else to say here, but um, this is what undocumented. Uh, immigrants pay in taxes. People are always talking about they're just coming here leeching off the off the resources of of the, of the government. Well, no, they pay one point one three billion one point one three billion in income tax, three point five eight billion in property tax. The biggest one is sales tax, um, and it's a total of about eleven point eight billion dollars per year. And I did find this one. If you compared the undocumented the taxes undocumented immigrants pay to the inc the income tax um, paid by um, Wait, what is on their income? Their taxes on their income or state and of state and local taxes versus the one percent, the richest one percent. Undocumented immigrants pay about eight percent of their income in taxes, whereas the top one percent five point four. Now, I recognize people say, "Well, that five point four give more, give rich give more," but whatever. Undocumented immigrants put money into the into the government coffers, and actually, I was not. It's not very easy to find out what they take out. Because often they don't use those resources. This is just some of the things I wanted to show because this is what's going on. And the reason the reason you're being lied to and the reason you're being we're being told this is because Democrats and Republicans, both of them, want you to pay attention to this non-debate issue because they do not have a debate here. There's no division. There's no civil war that's going to happen as a result of this. And that's two sides that have two parties that have the same side don't fight a civil war. What they do is they, they pretend good cop and bad cop to fool you. And that's what we're seeing here. Um, and who's the good cop? Who's the bad cop? Doesn't matter. Some people think the Republicans are the good cop. Some people think the Democrats are the good cop. Doesn't matter. They're doing a two-party fucking game here to act like they, they have a difference, but they don't. The, they are trying to get you to get it, to think, get you to think that this actual non-issue non-issue for them. And what should be, it, not I wouldn't say it shouldn't be a non-issue for us. The issue should be all workers should be able to freely walk anywhere they fuck please. And that's what our position is. And I'm not going to let any single state under the guise of protecting children, under the guise of defending women's rights, under the guise of bringing democracy. I'm not letting any state lie to me like that and give them power to control anyone. 
I'm not going to let you control a drug dealer. I'm not going to let you control a guy who is, you know, yelling out, out at night. I want you to like get rid of him or something like that. I don't trust the state to do any of that stuff because they're the, they the biggest criminals. The state are the criminals and the corporations are the criminals. They're just going after the small fries to fool us. So that's, that's what I feel like is really going on here is people are being duped and it's, and it's, and it's working. It's working brilliantly to get everyone who thought that they were outside of the two party illusion to get right back into the illusion. Cause for the capitalists, they don't care. They don't care if you're Trump. They don't care if you're Biden, just get in the game and vote because they want to know that you think that, that you, you know that what the most important thing is to find somebody to protect you. Let find some politician who's going to protect us from somebody else. And once they got you doing that, you're theirs. Just to add to your point, you know, for there's only five states out of the 50 that allow undocumented migrants to tap into Medicare benefits. There's only five. Hmm. And there's with restrictions. You have to be low income and over the age of 65. Hmm. So even then, the population is very minimal that's tapping into it. And the amount, and I just want to be clear because, look, I, I for the next statement, most migrants come here to work and send money back home. And if we're talking back about the Monroe Doctrine and about reparations, the which honestly, to me, this this blew my mind. The UN has stated that the amount of money that the migrant workers send back home is three times more effective than all of the global humanitarian aid that is sent worldwide. So if you want to talk about them taking away our resources and us giving our money to other countries, just let migrants come work, let them send money back home, let them be self-sufficient and you can get rid of that. Like, again, I agree with you, Lipson. You're just, you're just hearing this bullshit. You're allowing migrants. And I'm not just saying Latinos. I'm talking about all migrants because migrants yeah. don't just come from Latin America. Right. There is a, I, I can say right now in Nicaragua, in Nicaragua, there's a huge migration of Indians. They go into Nicaragua and then from Nicaragua move their way up because of the, and that's because of Nicaraguan international policy. Like it, you're able to come in without having a, you needing a U.S. visa. So you're able to do it. And it's the country I think that's the closest that you can do that to, to get to the United States. But just everyone, I, I, I agree. I, I agree with that, Lipson. I, I do think that like as a capitalist, I do believe that you need to allow for fair competition. That is what capitalism is. That includes international competition. This whole bullshit of they're going to take our jobs. There's going to be more difficult. Look at the jobs that immigrants take. They're one of the most dangerous, the one that exposes them to the most type of risks. They're the dirtiest, the hardest that quite frankly, most Americans don't want to pay. These companies that tell you we're anti-illegal immigration, we need to protect our borders. They're the ones hiring these workers because they know that they need them. And you can argue, well, they pay them nothing. That's why they want to. They that's why they want to take them. Well, you know what? If you want to compete, and you want to get paid for that same amount of money, you want to get paid more for that job and not lose it to a, an illegal immigrant, then allow them to be legal, and compete for the job and raise the wage. But that's 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 me. Sorry, Eduardo, go for it. This has been the Andy and Hema argument. Yeah. No, it's all right. Yeah. Um, I've stated my position before on what's left, so I'm just going to reiterate a little bit, a few of the points that I have made in the past, just because I think I'm on the same page as Andy. You know, Emma, when we discuss checkpoints or some form of vetting or some form of, you know, there's always 
Can be I have, I, yeah, well, I, I used to have, um, it sounds like yours is like a more low key level sort of, okay, check your bag. No, you just got platanos, yeah. whatever. You just move <laughs> on forward. I have I, I I don't doubt that you and the way that you think would be just do something that's that's minor, right? But I, I we're talking about whole government that's going to be abusing such a power. And we've seen how power this sort of any sort of checkpoint, even with COVID, we've seen how people use this, um some form of um uh, security checkpoint or some form of safety measure uh, be abused, as we've seen with COVID. We've seen how it's been abused with even terrorism, just like with the 9-11. You know, people were discussing how we might have terrorists at our border, whatever. And uh, so I'm I'm concerned that any form, any form, not your form, but any form of checkpoint, any form of security measure is just going to do what we're, what we're now doing. I mean, we have now the best, one of the high-tech border security current and emerging technologies in the planet right now. I mean, we're, we're going to get further advanced. You know, I don't know what people want with a wall because a wall is not going to prevent anyone. You can just climb over with a ladder. There's plenty of videos that you can show. But what we're doing now is we have high-tech infrastructure that is there currently checking that is uh, not a wall per se, but technology such as biometric identification, artificial intelligence, that have revolutionized border surveillance and have regulated to inform, um, you know, how many people are coming in, how many are not coming out. So I have a problem with geofencing more than a wall. I could care less about this wall. Look what happened. Texas put up this little razor wire thing and, you know, what happens? It's like, just strip it out. That's all that happens. But you can't get rid of plan B predator drones that are flying in and, 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 are, and are surveillancing people. And these, these are the things that were happening right now. I have an article here that I'm looking at that is called publicsafety.eee.org, which is discussing all the levels of 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 pros and cons of what the board, uh, how to protect the border, or how the U.S. America, U.S. America is is protecting the border. And there there have been predator B drones patrolling the border from 19,000 feet that have captured live video and detailed infrared and radar images of people on the ground on the U.S.-Mexican border. And they're being replaced now with expensive military-grade models with smaller, nimbler ones. And these can fit in the back of a patrol vehicle and be airborne within minutes. We're talking about weapons, basically, being used in the Middle East on our border with people who are trying to either we discussed many reasons why people are leaving their countries, economic reasons, love. We discussed even just trade. Maybe people just want to go here for a vacation and they can't because they can't get a fucking visa because you'll be months or years on a waiting list. Uh, anyhow, so these are the things that are being used. And, you know, we're, the other thing is about privacy issues with biometric identification devices. Uh, recent technology, technological advancements have produced a wide variety of biometric identification, identification devices using physical characteristics to identify people crossing borders. These include digital passports containing biometric data on an embedded RFID chip. They also use fingerprint readers, iris scanners, and network cameras using facial recognition software backed by artificial intelligence. The biometric data is shared across so many platforms with other countries as well. I mean, 
these measures aren't going to be used to vet people, uh, you know, uh, vet people if they're uh, dangerous or not. It's going to be used if you are, uh, if you are treasonous, if you're someone who's speaking out against, it be used around us, <laughs> honestly, you know, uh, trying to be used around people who are like they did back in Europe when they were trying to get rid of, because that's how these passports and orders came about to get rid of, you know, um, anarchists and socialists, and tax workers. I mean, we discussed this with Anna Likas Miller in, with her book, Love Across Borders, where passports came into play because of the war and because of trying to control uh, workers coming into uh, other countries. And this is what I'm afraid of. And it's interesting to note, you know, we I just want to repeat what we had, Andy had brought it up, actually, with Anna Likas Miller. I think this is what you had brought up with the United Nations. Um, <clears throat> there was a discussion around that time I'll read it here. Uh, there was a moment that have, might have turned the tide. This is from Annalika Miller's book. After the Paris Peace Conference, the newly formed League of Nations organized a meeting in 1920 of the passport. Passport controls had proliferated around the world during the war, but many policymakers were still in favor of abolishing borders. There was, she says, and met to discuss whether it might be possible to ease travel restrictions and restore freedom of movement. No documents required. This was for what? It is surreal to imagine a meeting with the future of freedom of movement hanging in the balance. It is even strong, stranger to imagine a room full of decision makers debating the merits of open borders as a way to pave the way forward for lasting peace. This was discussed. I remember Andy had brought that up. Uh, and, you know, we obviously that's too late now. You know, we're still trying to fight in this lucha, this fight for the struggle for our open borders. But that's what I fear. I don't fear Hema's way of seeing this. I, I don't think you're the one seeing it that way. But I know any. I know that anybody within power, the abuses of power, that's what they're going to do. And for people listening, if you're still on the fence, I think we have a lot of people on the medical freedom movement. And I've, we've said this numerous times. I don't understand how anybody here could think that the medical freedom movement that was so strong and united and we were trying to lift voices of left and right could think that who wanted to have freedom of passports and freedom of papers and all of that could could still put themselves in position against open borders. I mean, I I I mean that's the antithesis of what people were fighting for back in 2020, 2021, 2021, and even 2022. And here we see the in I'm in Colombia and we see the effects of all of that. Because after the whole lockdowns here in Colombia, here in Bogota, everyone uses a cellula, which is an identification number, your ID, and you have to use that even to just buy some fucking books. I don't have to do that because I'm 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 Mexican. I don't have to do that. But if you are a Colombian person and here you have to buy, you you go to a shop, you use you use your cellula, you go to go get gas, you use your cellula. You, I mean, it's everywhere. You and this is all the effects of. Of, of after COVID, you know, and, and here this country shut down because of, of, of COVID. My country didn't shut down because, of course, AMLO said that we would die of hunger if not die of COVID. People have made their own decisions if they wanted to shut down their business. But here in Colombia, they did. They shut out everyone. That's why they had the emerging uh, webcam services here, because during COVID time, we're watching more porn than ever. And, uh, and that's when they used a lot of live models here. So 
I'm, I'm just saying what happens, and I'm speaking to the public here, I'm just, just wondering where are your principles if you think that we are to have a movement freedom of any sort of regulation. I have this hope that one day people will wake up and see that whatever happens in the military, whatever happens in Palestine, whatever happens on the border, will eventually reach us. And it's already happening. We already have smart tech cities trying to surveillance us and collect our data. And if we just encourage this further, we're just going to encourage people to be never, never, it never, it never stays at the border. It never stays at the war. It never stays in the military. We have the internet thanks to the military. We have many of our technology because of the military. And it never stays there. It does eventually filters down to us, to the regular public, and to our society. And that's what we have to continue fighting for. This is why this, this, this topic continues to be a topic of discussion for us, because it is one that is important. It's beyond people just running in humanitarian reasons. It's right. about our safety. It's, yeah. it's beyond, you know, our love stories and, and reasons why we've given people to think with their hearts and their minds. It's about our safety and our future. And we're just allowing AI to proliferate and to develop. And we've discussed this before then. But... I don't understand where people's position. I don't understand why people continuously think that this is the way to go. And I, I, I want to hear your response, but what you said there at the end, Eduardo, this is not a moral issue for me. This is not, oh, these people, these poor people coming across the border. I mean, it is wrong what our country's done to them, but it's not, it, it is like, this is to me feels like a life and death issue that if we don't get it right, then we are doomed to, to a, an internal competition that is divided, we will fall. And this is another divide. That's what I see. And so it is to me, it's imperative that those people, people who want to fight for freedom, understand that we shouldn't go for the way of seeing each other as just competitions like capitalists encourage us to, to. If I showed up at Bank of America looking for a job, I'm competing with Emma. I may love her. She may love me. But I'll be competing with that for that job. And that, but that, that's the reality. That's, that's the situation capitalist, capitalism puts us in. The only response workers have been able to have and to, to get through that is to is to instead of competing with each other, because well, how am I going to compete with Emma? Hey, pay me less. Hey, I'll work harder than her. Hey, she's pregnant. You know, she's a she's a she's a liability. I'm a man. You know, blah blah blah. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I won't I won't have pregnant leave. I'm I'm, I'm old enough. So I'm not going to be on leave. You don't have to pay for that. You know, and she's going to have that kid. You know what? That's she's going to be out, out all the time. You know, so that's the way they get it to, they get it to work. The only way it can happen is for me to say, "Hey, Emma, we're both going to get played here. How do we work together to like to make it make this thing work for both of us?" You know, and obviously that has to go on a big scale, and that that's true internally as workers. We we, we compete with each other, but it's also true with workers coming across the border. The labor movement was built by immigrants from Germany, from South America, from from uh, from Ireland, Europe, from South America, and even from Canada. The, the labor movement was built by immigrants who were being pitted against each other uh, by bosses, overcoming that and coming together. And in, in, in addition to blacks and whites being pitted against each other, and that it is that that is what we're going to have to instill in ourselves as a principle, not of oh you're being treated so badly, I feel sorry for you, but this is life and death, and if I don't see you as my brother and sister, we're both going to go down together. Oh. Go ahead, Eduardo. Did you want to say something, Kim? 
Well, I was just going to say that I agree, but that's one of the reasons why I say for those of you that are buying into that argument that illegal immigrants are reducing the pay, they're not. The companies are doing it. If you allowed illegal immigrants to be legal, trust me, that would not be the problem. Wages would go up because they wouldn't be afraid. They wouldn't be afraid to pick it. They wouldn't be afraid to say, fuck you. These are unhealthy work. You know, they, they wouldn't. So again, Okay, sorry, but go ahead, Eduardo. I, I did want to say something about yours, but I do want to allow you the floor first. Oh, well, I, I just wanted to say, you know, for me, you know, it's interesting how people like to label it. it I can see how these elections are playing out. You know, you're really, everyone here is trying to be pushed into two categories. You're either Democrat or you're Republican, you know, and President Biden is being seen as the open borders folk, uh, open borders president. And it's, he's not, he really is not. I. You know, you you've seen. So I I have friends right now in a detention center that has that have been in detention centers now for months. I have not heard anything from some one of my friends, and I'm still waiting. I have friends here in Colombia that are going to leave to the Darien Gap, trying to leave immediately. They're deporting left and right right now. I don't see how any border. And this is not an open borders person. I think we've discussed what an open borders um, position is, and we're way far from what. Uh, President Biden is, and if anyone is following the news, you know I I said in the beginning of this of this episode that I it's interesting because I haven't been listening to a lot of propaganda now that I think of it, but a lot of the news media that I have normally used to listen to five podcasts a day and have been doing other things, uh, just looking at what's happening on Capitol Hill, the Senate is pushing for negotiations for a bipartisan border enforcement deal attached to military aid for Ukraine. Yeah, I mean this is not this is Biden has said. That if the if sorry I'm I'm reading something from democracy and I I'm not going to use far right because they would like to labor if Republicans you know they go they close this deal with the president um, then what will happen is they uh, President Biden has already stated many times that uh, he will but he has vowed to use the new emergency authority to shut down the southern border. The, I was just telling my roommate who's from Venezuela um, here at my apartment, I was just saying to him that, you know, everyone thinks that President Biden is going to be the one to save. That's, I mean, stripping little barbed, barbed wire is not, you know, the way of, he's not, that, that's not open borders. You know, it's always Trump that I said to this, to Luis, I said, you know, Trump says what he thinks, but politicians do. They say nice things, but then they do a lot of backstabbing, which is what President Biden has done. Everyone thinks he is the best president for immigrants. He's not. He's no. He is doing the same things, kept a lot of the orders that Trump did, and doing a lot of the things that uh, to keep migrants out. And I'll, I'll just read here this headline here. This is uh, from Democracy Now. That uh, that so president biden will grant executive authority to block people from applying for asylum once a number half of apprehended migrants at the us mexican border reaches a daily average 5000 in a week that's what he'll do he'll just shut down and it's the toughest and this is his words phrasing the deal as the toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border we've ever had in our country this is president biden the pro immigrants president supposedly so um this is AMLO, who is very hypocritical. President Andres Manuel López Obrador, my president of Mexico, says, well, that's not realistic in response to President Biden, right? With all due respect, how are we going to solve the migration problems with walls? How are we going to solve migration problems by closing the border? Why these proposals? Because elections are coming. 
I mean, I'm like, what the fuck? What are you saying? Why do you have to speak around this when you have closed the the, the Mexican Guatemalan border and you and you've also supported the northern border? I mean, Mex. I can't have Luis Miguel, who is now co-presenting for the Spanish podcast. Luis Miguel, who was my roommate, I can't have Luis Miguel apply for a visa or even travel to Mexico because he's Venezuelan. That's Mexico. That's not, and this is Mexico trying to criticize President Biden. So I'm just saying that it's hypocrisy, right? And for me, the what I, I want people to stop thinking in terms of left or right, or in terms of Democrat or red and blue and Democrat and Republican, because both are doing this in in, my, in elections, as you both have stated as well. I um, There was something else I wanted to say. Anyhow, I'll stop there. And if it comes to mind, I'll remember. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I see how Democratic, the Democrat states will criticize the Republican states. But now that there is, now that there are migrants coming to those states, now all of a sudden they're criticizing these immigration policies and they don't want to be held. You know, and I see how workers are being pit against workers because they're like, we can't take any more. We can't take any more. And now we're going to stop funding and we need more resources and da 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 da. And even, you know, we see and we villainize like um, Governor DeSantis sending his troops over to help Texas and their troops trying to cover the border. I mean, it's it's chaotic. But if you see how Democrats, like if you see during AOC, AOC was very famous for going from, from Capitol Hill to the Texas border and criticizing, right? And she was there with her white suit or whatever. And she went and to go criticize what was happening with Trump border policies. I don't see AOC criticizing Biden's uh, immigration policies. There are plenty of people right now in detention centers, and I'm not seeing her go and with her white suit and go take the press with her and staring across the fence as if that's going to help any. But, you know, like, I think that we should do something about this and not in the terms of policymaking. I think that, you know, we, you can see how um, Trump and Biden play the same um, playbook. It's beyond that. So I applaud immigrants doing what they're doing and breaking those barriers and crossing illegally, me saying this, and breaking down those barriers and not getting documented, not getting fingerprinted. And they should do more of that. So I applaud people doing this. I mean, what the correct way to do it? People are trying to do it the correct way for so long. Look at Luis Miguel. He applied for asylum since September. He's been waiting here in February and it's how many fucking months. And still, there's no correct way to do it. So if that's the legal correct way, and I mean, if, if we're going to do it the legal correct way, I mean, is this just really a deterrent to try to keep up? And as both of you have said, immigration will never stop. And so tear down those walls, tear down those barbed wire, cross illegally, and join everyone else because we're all just workers. I want to add two things. The first one is this is not just pinning U.S. residents, U.S. citizens, legal immigrants against illegal immigrants. This is also pinning illegal immigrants in the United States versus illegal immigrants coming into the country. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people that have their processes, to your point, Eduardo, you saying this reminded me. So my in-laws have been in the process of getting documented, I think for over 10 years now, and they're still waiting. And a it's lot ridiculous. of, yes. And mind you, they, they're doing this, the legal avenue with lawyers, with documents, everything. And they're still waiting. And one night over dinner, I heard 
some person, one person remark as to, I should have just left the country and come back illegal and asked for asylum at the door. These asylum seekers are getting documents way before we are. And I, they said it jokingly, but I don't think they realize the aggression and the hostility in that statement. Um, and I, I've come to realize that this machine has also pinned two sets, one set of people really mm -hmm. that have the same thing in common that are doing the exact same battle, seeking the exact same thing up against each other. Yep. So it's dividing e us even more. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is one of the biggest argument is, oh, we're going to lose our sense of identity with all these immigrants coming in. And first of all, I don't know what the American culture identity is. I don't think you guys have one. I'm sorry. <laughs> but. Oh, how how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I don't care. Deport me. But, <laughs> but what I will say is I'm afraid of U.S. policies being absorbed by our countries and then you not having anywhere to go because other countries are going to want to aspire to be like the United States and are going to want to even retaliate against how their people are being treated and take on the same policies. I remember when I was living in Nicaragua, my previous spouse, we were trying to get him documents to be in the country legally for an extended period of time to be able to work. It's similar thing to how people do it in the United States. And it was impossible. It was impossible. And I, in my, in my, you know, ignoring mind, I thought, oh, it's going to be easy. It's Nicaragua. What do they care? No. Same bullshit, similar bullshit policies as in the United States. Same bureaucratic mess. Same issues. So it, it's not even just the United States thing. It's the, the whole world needs to come aligned. And, and if you're going to take down the borders, not just take down the border in the United States, it's take down all of the borders. Let people from Africa be able to migrate to Europe. Let people from East Asia be able to migrate. It, it has to be everywhere because we were, we were, we live in a world economy. We are not segregated. We are one. Whether people want to see it that way or not, it, it is. One domino falls in the United States, you're going to see the cascade ripple effect all the way through Russia. There's just no getting out of this. And people just aren't aware, you know, these are conversations that you need to have internationally, not just in the United States. Colombia and Venezuela, I'm sure, had problems with migrations too. Mexico and Guatemala. Nicaragua and Costa Rica. It's not just the United States, although I will say the United States is the biggest culprit of all of that, but. And, you know, speaking just to my, oh, can I, which is, yeah, it is very difficult. This is the fifth country I have lived in. I have visited 30 countries and this is the fifth country. You know, I went from Mexico to the USA, to England, to France. And then like, this is Colombia. And I have so much fear of being deported or doing something wrong or, you know, it's just, I'm not even, like, even just trying to get visa issues resolved and migration, like, just is so difficult. And I I don't know what else you need to vet for me. <laughs> well, my, my life is online <laughs> on what's left. You know, I don't have any, I don't, it's so challenging. And so I, 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 I feel for what every single time, whether it was in England, I couldn't get paid. Legally, I had to get paid under the table, or whether it was in France, I had to also get paid under the table. Whether I'm here in Colombia now, I have to try to apply for whatever I, to be an interpreter. There's some they give priority over someone else over me, and I get that, but it's like just trying to resolve these issues as migrant in another country. It's 
always to challenge. Andy, you were going to say something profound. Go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I, there were two things I wanted to say about him. I, I think I only remembered one of them, unfortunately. Um, the first thing, I, I really think it's important what, you're, what you said about this notion of destroying American culture. I think there is an American culture, but American culture was largely a melting pot notion, the myth of the melting pot, the myth of the, of the bring us your poor, your tired, your wretched, and of diversity. And our strength is our multiculturalism or through the, the fact that we are not a monoculture. That, if you want to say anything, and that's, there's a myth there, but that's our myth. You know, our myth is a one of Thanksgiving where the Native Americans and the pilgrims got together, you know, like, okay, I can be, I can be cynical about that, but that's our myth, right? Our myth is actually one of sharing. Our myth is actually one of, 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 of melding. Okay. Uh, under a flag. I get it. Um, but if you really want to talk about cultures being destroyed, look, you have to find out what the World Bank and the IMF is doing to South America to basically force to say, if you are an indigenous planter who wants to plant food or, or, or develop a product that you're going to use internally, they will not give you a cent. The only money they're going to give you is money or lend you, not give you, lend you is for something where you are going to export it out of your country trying to undermine actually the local businesses there, the local planters, the indigenous culture. The, <laughs> these institutions are, are creating a monoculture, first off, and they are destroying the cultures across the globe. It is not people moving across boundaries or borders that destroy cultures. It is the, it is the action of capital, capitalist nations, nation states, basically using capital to enforce its will on any people, whether it's the imperial country doing it in a colonial country or, or imperial country doing it on its own people. That, that is what has destroyed cultures and is, and is destroying cultures. Um, and this notion that people walking across a border destroys culture, actually that's called meeting other people. And actually out of that usually comes more culture and more a richer, like it's, it's how blends of music come together or blends of art styles and things like that. Sports, more interesting, you know, th these are the things that start to take place when people share like that. And I, I also think that the, the point that Eduardo made, or I don't know if it was you that also made it, Hema, like this thing that it is not a small thing that Guatemala protects its border or that Nicaragua protects its border or that Mexico protects its border. They're not the big, the big fry that the United States is in terms of how it does it. But all capitalist states have to do this because all of them are in are built into this game of using using those borders really ultimately as ideological prison pens for people inside those things to say, we are here to save you. We get to exploit you. You owe something to me, whether I'm AMLO in Mexico or Biden in the United States, you know, and those are just leaders representing a larger capitalist class in, in their respective countries. Um, and and finally. Well, not fine, I shouldn't say, but the other point I didn't I want to get to is the answer to this, I do feel like is in partly in, in that thing you talked about, Emma, when you mentioned the UN study that said that these NGOs that send money or do money are three times less effective than actually just letting fucking people move across boundaries and send money. We all know this. Even the freedom people know that local people figuring out what they do with their own money is like is the way you empower people and and the and here the UN is actually literally admitting it now what they don't want to admit 
And I think that three times is probably a lie because I actually suspect that the money that the NGOs are actually are actually harming those countries are, oh, yeah. are, are, are actually doing damage. Like, because there's, it's, it's always a strings attached. We'll give you this little piece of cheese, but you've got to do this other sort of thing. I know the UN's not going to admit that, but the, the, on their own terms, they are saying that regular people just doing their own thing will create more abundance for community than having these institutions do it. And that is the, that is the message that I think was supposed to be in the freedom movement. And we're forgetting it. And we are falling again for this trap of, of somehow we've got to, we've got to allow the state to come and protect us. Um, from who, from what we actually need to protect ourselves from our state. And if you put any sort of control in there, in the state's hands, it's going to be used against us one way or another at some point down the line. I even think that that might, in the long run, if unintervened, if uninterfered with, if you've left it alone, I actually think that might solve the big immigration problem. If you allow these countries and communities to heal themselves, to rebuild, to restructure, because I know that if it were up to me, I'd be in my home country. Most most immigrants that I talk to, they want to be home. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be here. It's a sacrifice for them. It's not a, they're coming, you know, even that whole American dream. I actually think that you're not giving credit to a lot of the immigrants. I, I, I do believe that while they might not be college educated or even high school or middle school or elementary graduated, they're smart enough to know that this is not an American dream, that they're going to come here and eat shit, work their asses off to help. It's a sacrifice to them. What was it, that 14-year-old kid that was caught? He said, you know, I'm just coming here to work hard and, and help my family build a house. They they understand they're not coming here to make it rich. It's it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to ex- expose yourself to the elements and to the narcs and to ice and to yeah. So I, people just people are eating, taking the pill, and falling for the bullshit, making yeah. it harder. And one last thing I wanted to share because I I was actually surprised by this. This this was a recent I don't know it was an Oxfam. Uh, study that talked about um, actual jobs that immigrants take. Um, and um, it said the top, op, top occupations with the highest share of immigrant workers, the largest one was manicurists and pedicurists. They, they, they were occupying 74.6% of those jobs. Then you got to like graders and sorters of agri- agricultural pro- products. That was a big one. Plasters and stucco masons, taxi drivers, drywall and stallers, you know, number five, ceiling tiles represented 50% of the jobs being taken there. Um, so, look, I mean, if you want to be a manicurist, maybe you would say, oh, the immigrants are taking my jobs. And I'm not saying you should or should not be a manicurist, but people are just trying to make a living. That's all people are trying to do. And that's why I think when Eduardo asked you, him about, hey, if you if I go from one state to another, that's what all of us are doing. Like if the, if the jobs aren't to be found in California, we're going to go somewhere else. And, and if I don't like the situation in California, I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and all me and Eduardo are saying is that same, and we're not even really free to do that because you've got to register your car, you know, or you've got to like show your ID when you get on that plane. So there's not even freedom really there, but that's less restriction than, and so we'll call that freedom if you will. We would just say people should just be free to move where they need to because we think people know what they need to do for themselves. And that would create a better world just doing that.
Self-determination. Just let people. Yeah. yeah. And I love what you said, Eduardo, about, you know, <laughs> that actually, let's all be undocumented. <laughs> Ultimately that, because honestly, the people fa dealing with the fourth industrial revolution, that's what you're saying, folks. You recognize, you see how the tech, the, the internet, you know, trap is coming in and you're basically saying, how do I get out from under it? How do I make it so that I don't have a signal? What you're trying to do is becoming undocumented on the internet. Well, that's all these folks are trying to do is like, they're trying to find a way of getting across without somebody saying, I'm going to control you on the process. So we should, like, we should understand what they're trying to do and we're all trying to do it. We will all need to do it. Um, we're all undocumented or all trying to be undocumented at the end of the day. We're trying to make it so that the government does not have our shit. Yeah. Lastly, lastly, I think the, the, the last thing I'll say is, you know, Glenn Greenwald is no longer my boyfriend. My <laughs> you broke up? <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> Can I get the wedding registry gift back? <laughs> In, you know, he has a lot of great stuff. You know, I, I, I really like him, but I don't know what what is the point of him trying to explain a lower court versus a higher court and even just trying to sort of side with the lower court versus the higher court so that he could just say that they were right on this issue. I think that Glenn Greenwald hasn't, I don't know what he's trying, if he's trying to appease a certain audience, I'm not sure or what, but so what? Like, fuck whatever the legal stance was or whatever. Like, what is your position? And he doesn't really state what his position is, but he insinuates, he doesn't directly outstate it. But he has been with a person who had migrate immigration issues, his, his late husband. And couldn't get to the U.S. and also had been stopped and also has been vetted and also has been um, in a in a in a in a not in a detention center per se, but like detained. That was the word I was trying to look for at uh, at a migration point. And he, of all people, I feel should be on the side of for this of someone who should say, clearly state out. You know what? Like we have we have um, we have people abusing uh, powers of this sort of vetting uh, process. And so I feel he's been very disingenuous. He's discussed, late into the game, discussed what happens when you have people taking something as COVID to try to, to, try to uh, justify reasons why there should be measures, safety measures, right? And then suddenly forgetting how many people can abuse this sort of power. So I just think he's been disingenuous in this whole thing and he's been defending Texas in, this, in, the, in the border control security. Uh, measure, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any. I'm not going to say that you should be on the side of me. We should agree with everything, but it, he's not consistent. That's what I want to say. Not consistent with his principles, and that's what I don't like about him right now is that he's not being consistent with what he thinks about COVID, what he knows about censorship, and what he was a champion for, which is a freedom of movement, rather a freedom of speech, a freedom of of uh, or, or um, lesser regulation by the government, and here he is supporting regulation by the government on people. So that's disingenuous on his part. I just want to state that comment because I remember you mentioned Glenn Greenwald in our group message, and I had looked him up and seen all that kind of infuriated me how hypocritical he's been. That's all I have to say. The last thing I want to say is. 
we didn't discuss it here and I'm glad we didn't discuss it, but I do want to kind of just make a note of it for all of these people now that are saying, oh, the United States is about to head into civil war, civil war, because these 25 states are coming to support Texas. And this is Texas being good old, the Lone Star State and giving the FU to the government. We should all be like that. Stop. Again, you're falling for the facade. It's not going to happen. It's not. The implications of it, they know. They're, they're, and these politicians and these people in power, they're telling you, yeah, yeah, they're literally just putting on a three ring circus for you. Don't pay no mind to that. That That's not what's really going on. Okay. It's not going to happen. Because yeah. I also think that, that deters people from actual revolution because they think, see, it can be done via government ways. It can yeah. be done, but it can't. It's not, yeah. it's not going to. Yeah. And that's where I want to say is like these people who are putting on a theater of differences. The Republican Party over here and the 25 Republican governor states that were saying we're going to fight for f protecting your jobs versus these other people who are going to say we're going to fight for, you know, uh, humanity towards the immigrants. The other that other, that other 25 states that are saying they're well-meaning. None of them believe any of that stuff. This is all a theater of they all agree that the border is going to be controlled one way or another, that they're going to control the flow of workers externally because they're going to control the flow of workers internally. They all agree to a, essentially ongoing war with Taiwan, with China through Taiwan. They all agree with continuing to fund Israel. They all, for its, you know, decimation of the Middle East and to going ultimately to going to war with Iran, because that's what's going to have to happen, a wider regional war. They all agreed at making sure that Ukraine doesn't lose and somehow Russia continues to get bled, even though they have differences over some of those things. They all agree that the rich have to get richer. They all agree that U.S. corporations have to be given more power to extract resources across the globe. They all agree on basically the fact that workers are going to have to give over more and more of their freedoms for actually, uh, you know, the, the world and, and the environment to be protected. So they all agree on that. There's no debate. They're just trying to fool you in this one area where there isn't even a debate there that this is an issue you should be paying attention to and that you can make a decision about maybe I'm going to I'm going to defend I'm going to vote for that party because of this issue versus this party because of that issue. It's just what do they call it? That's a wedge issue. It's a wedge issue that's just fake um, because and what's what what it's doing is obscuring all the areas that they actually are. Once they get elected, this is what they plan on doing. They're going to just hit you with bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. And they're going to use some of this technology that they're using on the border against you. It's coming. And it's already here, but it's going to come from more. You know, I, I think that when we continue to cover this, I think I'll include some of the latest developments. Because, you know, since we've covered this way back when we started West Left, I don't think we covered exactly, we may have covered just drones, or maybe in 2022, we may have just covered, you know, uh, sonar radars or whatever. Like, try, and I, I have just to be left, I'm leaving this for people, if people want to continue doing the further research on like how there's a lot of high tech technology, militarized border. Um, I'm just going to read this from political, you know, um, before, because I just wanted to share this. It's okay. Um, there is uh, late last year, Frontex, and Frontex for people, if um, Frontex is the EU agency that manages the external borders and the Coast Guard of the EU and its partners. Uh, Frontex, they uh, awarded contracts to Airbus, an Israeli weapons company. It's always Israel. Like if anyone wants to be where your position is for 
versus Palestine and Israel, you, sh you should understand that if you support Israel, they're the biggest manufacturers for the greatest surveillance technology. I mean, even in my country, we've covered this. They sell great surveillance um, technology in Mexico to track down Zapatistas. We're, we're going to do an episode on, uh, and, on guerrilla forces in other countries. And uh, Israeli weapons company Elbit Systems to develop military-grade drones meant to track down boats carrying refugees in the Mediterranean Sea. Germany has been developing a technology that tries to identify where refugees come from based on their voice. This is new. And earlier this year, Greece unveiled, according to Molnar, the, vote, the most viscerally violent of them all, sound cannons which emit a high-pitched loud sound meant to deter people from coming close enough to the country's land border. And so, I mean, just, just to think about the surveillance and then thinking of the military drones and then also voice recognition. I mean, if anyone is discussing any sort of treasonous thing against the government, you could just be tracked down with your voice, you know? Um, anyhow, so I'll, I'll just share more to come if people, if we do another episode on this, I'll prepare for more high-tech technology that is being developed, um, that will continue to be developed. I think um, we should do an episode on geofencing. Yeah, we should, yeah. yeah. All right, let's, let's get going, yeah? Well, thank you for again suggesting this. And Kama, thanks for, it yeah. was really adequate for you to be a part of this because I hadn't heard your position and I'm glad you participated with us. Yeah. And uh, we'll have this ongoing issue. Again, beyond humanitarian crisis, it's really uh, for our safety of our lives um, everywhere. All right, so we'll do this. Uh, <clears throat> that does it for this week's episode. What's Left is a weekly political podcast slash channel challenging the mainstream left we post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes where we come this or on our blog westleftpodcast.com you can find past episodes to this podcast as well there and connect with us our mind folks if you fancy anything you've heard here please subscribe rate view turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on spotify itunes podcast uh a bit shoot obviously youtube or rumble or telegram and you can find our blog and any of those links in the episode notes where we found this episode if you would like to give us feedback about something or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. And I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host uh, uh, Gemma Aburto Sotomayor and Andy Lusson. Thank you all very much. I uh, will check us out next in the next episode. Ciao. Yes.